Hola, you are listening to First Gen Healing, a podcast on Latinx healing and awakening journeys. My name is Priscila Luna. I am your host, and I'm excited because today's guest is the CEO of Self Dates, Chris Farias. Chris, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Hi, Chris. So I want to start off with getting to know you a little bit and for the audience to get to know you as well. So tell us about maybe where you grew up, if you're a, like if you're the eldest, the youngest, tell us, give us a little uh, snapshot. Yeah, so um, I'm actually, I was born in Uruapa, Michoacan, um, and I immigrated to the U.S. when I was five years old. Um, I actually remember the entire journey from leaving my grandparents' house to crossing through the desert and arriving to the U.S. for the first time. And um, what my first word, English word, was that I learned, um, which was quoter. And that was because when we arrived here, my dad, he was calling someone through a payphone. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed that the coins were different and they were in Mexico. And I was like, what is that? He's like, oh, it's una cora. Um, <laughs> so then for me, I was like, oh, my God, I learned English. Um, but I am the oldest. I have two younger siblings. Um, and I'm a first gen. And I think it, it took a very long time to kind of accept that and even understand what that meant and I think now I mean I'm 27 and now I've just kind of understood that I'm going to be the first to do a lot of things in my family and I didn't like that growing up that I had to be you know the the first to figure it out um Mm -hmm. but now it's become definitely more of like um like an honor to be able to kind of go through it, pave the way for my younger siblings, for my parents to, um, and I'm more and more understanding of like what that title holds and it holds a lot of power, um, but also a lot of responsibility and a lot of um, struggles and pain. And I mean, I'm sure you know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I think maybe I want to just touch on what a powerful beginning of memory, right? To remember the whole journey. I'm wondering if it's something that you appreciate or something that you wish you would have forgotten. Yeah. um, Growing up, um, being so when I came to the U.S., I was living in Anaheim and it was a very like, Anaheim, California, and it was a very predominantly white neighborhood, white schools, like a ton of white classmates. So being young and being um, undocumented and first gen, I didn't like like my journey, how I got here. I, I kind of hit it. I didn't really talk about it um, because I, I it wasn't it wasn't because I was afraid to speak up about it, but I just felt like no one would even relate or even understand or even care what that meant. Um, so I think for a very long time, people didn't know about my status. Um, but as an adult, if more when I was like in high school and exploring possibilities for my future, I realized that my story is very powerful and could be empowering for other young Latino um 
undocumented students that might feel like they're the only ones or, you know, they're afraid to ask certain questions or their future feels very uncertain. Um, To think now with my journey of kind of being undocumented my entire life here, um, I'm very proud of it. And, um, and I, and I, and I love sharing it as much as possible because still to this day, there isn't many people, um, there aren't many people that like to speak about it. Or, you know, there's, I mean, they have their own reasons too. And um, I mean, for me, like it's, for the most part, it's always been positive. Mm. Wow. So you grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood in the beginning coming, coming Mm -hmm. from Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine the culture shock. I actually didn't experience living in a predominantly white neighborhood until my teenage years. So in, in middle school, and it was a huge culture shock for me, you know, because I came from East Los Angeles um, in California, where it was like 99.9% Latino. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I can't imagine like going, you know, at the age of five, kind of jumping into that. Do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about what that was like? And maybe yeah. how, how, what was your like safe zone during those moments? I didn't have a safe zone and it, it took a very long time actually, but I, I'll get into that. Um, growing up being undocumented. So when I got to the U S um, my, my dad had, he came prior to my mom and my younger brother. Um, oh. So he was already here for two years. Um, but back in Mexico, like we hear stories about how in the U S there's, money everywhere opportunities everywhere and everyone's rich or whatever so i think my biggest disappointment being even just five years old like coming to a place that was nothing like what people say the u.s was i mean even though my dad was here two years prior to us coming like he was very much like into alcoholism and poverty and even though we lived in a white neighborhood we, my dad was renting a garage in a house oh. and we lived in a garage. So I remember not under, fully understanding like what just happened. You know, we left our entire world um, in Mexico and now we're here, but it's worse, I guess. Um, I was so disappointed. I would hear my mom cry every night. Like, why are we here? Let's go back. Like, we don't even have a house here or family here. And nothing looks like Mexico um that it kind of seeing my mom's pain kind of made as a little kid like I grew kind of resentment towards my father thinking like you know it's your fault that we're living this way um and going to school I suffered a lot um day one kindergarten we were still in the in the end of the year we came in april so that was kind of like the end of the year mm-hmm. um so my first day of kindergarten my my teacher she was white but she kind of knew spanish um but i think like living in southern california you kind of know a little bit or you kind of understand some words so day one i was crying in spanish telling her like no hablo espanol hablo espanol no entiendo nada she was just like patting my like my back and she's like okay está bien está bien um and uh our i remember very vividly um we had to color a dinosaur that had like all these different numbers all around it and each number meant like red green whatever but i didn't know any of that so i was just coloring the the whole dinosaur however i thought it was 
And then she came to me and she was telling me that I was wrong, but because I didn't understand what she was saying, I just started crying and I didn't know, what she, you know, I, I don't understand anything. And then all the little Latino little kids that were in the classroom, they were translating for me, um, which now as an adult, like you realize how like being the like the old, like being so little, you're you're kind of you, you have some like big boy pants or big boy girl pants on um, with that power of translation. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of us can relate that we were so little and we were the translators for our family, you know, th those important documents or or whatever the doctor was telling us at five years old, we would tell our mom, like, you know, um, and uh, it that was kind of, I guess, my safe space in a way, but still, like, didn't I didn't want to share, like, where I was coming from because you're only five. You don't even know what, like, yeah. being undocumented means. Um, but I was very, very lucky to where my dad was renting um the owner's house was actually from el salvador and mm -hmm. she kind of hosted a lot of people that that were coming in from from different countries so that house was like a big like latino like immigrant house um mm -hmm. so i was lucky enough to have two of my kindergarten classmates actually live in that house so wow. um Till this day, like we were, we're like family. Um, mm. We've known each other now for over 21 years, and it's really nice to always like go back to those days when we talk about like how they would make fun of me, or, like not knowing English and you know all that. Um, but uh, again, like outside of the house, like no one knew my status, and I didn't want to share. It. I just didn't. I wanted to feel as like normal whatever that even meant like as possible and and you know try to avoid it i think one positive thing i think about living in a predominantly white neighborhood was that like i it was faster for me to kind of like learn the language and um kind of adapt to this sort of new culture um that the transition was pretty quick for me um I didn't even flunk kindergarten. Like the teacher was like, in two months, wow. he learned the alphabet, he learned the numbers, he learned the colors. You know, he learned certain things that a kindergarten should be able to learn by the time he goes to first grade. Yeah. So I was pretty smart, I think, um, in that. But that was more because like, I knew the importance of survival and mm -hmm. It wasn't just about me. I had to learn English to be able to help my mom really quick or like be able to help my little brother with it when he goes to school and things like that. So yeah. it was never about me. And I think in the long run, that really affected me, like doing mm. everything for others and never about me. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. How powerful that you remember. And I think I'm just thinking, you know, how different even your experience would have been. I mean, like, um, I actually skipped kindergarten because the kindergarten in the school that I went to, I went to pre-K with Spanish, kindergarten was Spanish. And my mom is like, that's all she knows. She just knows Spanish. So we need her to like learn English. <laughs> so wow. then they tested me into first grade and it was a bilingual first grade. 
But even just thinking like what a different experience you got jumping into the neighborhood that you did and probably maybe what you would have experienced in a different neighborhood. Wow. And I think, you know, you've said a lot of things that I think a lot of people can resonate, which is one, it's never about you, right? Like the, the milestones that you reach are not about you. They're about like what's needed for for success or for being able to help others, siblings. Yeah, absolutely. I I can definitely resonate with that as well. So kind of, you know, you know, this podcast is about healing and awakening. And so I'd love to know which one you resonate with most or if it's both. And where Mm -hmm. do you think that journey started for you now knowing a little bit about where you came from? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of tying it back to growing up, never being about you or more about like others. I think I kind of fell in this hole where like I told myself, well, every all of my accomplishments are going to be for my family or for my friends or, you know, everyone but me. So I mm-hmm. think um, that was kind of creating a big hole like in my heart and like in my own goals because sure like being first generation graduating college like that was one of the biggest accomplishments that i could have ever done for me but it's crazy how like there was a time when i came in to realize that like i wasn't happy with what i was doing like my mom was like my siblings were like my entire family and you know but i was like dang like what if I had majored in something else or you know what if I didn't go to school and and take and I would have just started my like YouTube career that I really <laughs> wanted to do like yeah um you start to think and I think um it's been such a healing process to just kind of understand that you know like things happen for a reason for sure and and there's, I'm still so young and there's so much to learn still. And I mean, I read books about people that are starting their actual life like at 40 and they're thriving and happy. So I think um, going back to me feeling that I was the only one, like the only immigrant growing up, now I'm, now I'm in a different phase where I'm like, I'm not the only one that's going through not feeling fully accomplished. Like, you know, other people at my age felt didn't feel accomplished at all and they started at 30 or at 40 um Mm -hmm. so i think like like feeling more like a robot than like an actual human and like feeling real love was never really there i think there was such a big disconnect like leaving my country Mm -hmm. for my parents it meant like heartbreak you know so like there wasn't a lot of like tangible love given to us us as kids because mm-hmm. our parents were so heartbroken um mm-hmm. and you know my I shared about my dad being an alcoholic so like that was such a big like trauma to the family because you know we did have an alcoholic dad so then my, I think I've always been so protective of my mom's feelings um that seeing her suffer meant that I was suffering and all of my brothers were suffering and you know like there's so many like attachment issues and and like like daddy issues and even mommy issues maybe that like now as an adult like it kind of 
it kind of like affects you when you're like meeting new people like friendships or partners because then you know you, you grew up without that kind of love that now you don't even know how to give it um so i think like for me my journey like realizing that I needed to say no to a lot of things, a lot of people, so that I can be fully happy or even try to be happy for me. Um, that was like my first step into this like self-love, like healing journey, you know? Um, because now that my, so my dad's been sober for about 15 years um, and my mom, like that kind of, that kind of obviously affects your partner. So my mom is now like, kind of finding herself too that mm -hmm. now I'm an adult and I'm here sitting like everyone around me is healing like <laughs> and and I'm still not putting myself first like what the heck um so mm. just kind of doing the little things for me um feels so good and mm -hmm. and um I started my journey on TikTok where um it was after a breakup and and it was a it was a breakup that I wanted to do for myself too because again like all my life I did everything for others to to make others happy. Um, that day one, I was like, oh my god, I'm by myself. Like I can go do whatever I want, you know, like <laughs> whatever I want. So I got on TikTok and one of my very first videos, I was like, hey TikTok, like I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm gonna like. I'm going to go on a self date. Um, and mm. I didn't even know what that meant really. It, for me, it was more like, I'm going to show people that they can do things by themselves. And okay. in, in that moment, it was, it was kind of like me only talking to me. So it was more of like, I'm going to go back to this so that I can remind myself that I did this because mm. I still, in that moment, I still didn't believe that people even went out by themselves because I didn't oh, see wow. it. Like, yeah. I didn't see it enough on mm -hmm. social media. So I just did it. It was going to be like my digital journal. So I went out. I think I went like to the movies and I, I, I did a TikTok about it. And then I started getting comments and likes and follows and like people like, oh my God, like I've always wanted to do this, but I'm so scared. Or like other people were like, I've always done this. It's so cool and healing. And and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I thought it was just, like, I thought I was only going through this weird transition. Yeah. Um, So then my followers and, like, the support I was getting was kind of motivating me to do it more. And then, mm -hmm. you know, like, it was kind of holding me accountable to take myself out on a self-date. And um, people were giving me kind of tips, like, when I go out, like, I journal, or when I go out, like, I listen to my favorite music, or, or I meditate. So through my comments, I was doing some of those things. And, and then, like, I think when I finally reached a certain following, I was able to go live, and I was talking to all these, like, beautiful strangers, and um, it was a live that was so full of love from strangers that I was like, I'm going to let this happen, you know, because I wouldn't, mm. I used to just block it because for me, it was like, no, it's my job to give love. Yes. And this was like, Receiving. I'm going to just, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to trust strangers. And, and like, 
And I did that because my friends didn't know I was going through a breakup. Like my family didn't know I was like broken and you know, all that. And my, my job didn't know like that I was this sad little person inside because all I would give to the world was happiness and hard work. And you know, that yeah. this was my, this be instantly became my safe space, like TikTok. And I didn't want to tell anyone, like my real friends, because I'm like, they're going to laugh. They're going to think it's silly. Like, oh, TikTok saved me. Like, it sounds a little funny still. But um, mm. every night I was going live with just, again, random people and just giving me tips. And um, I was able to kind of make that part of my actual life now that like I'm going to do things for me and and do the daily affirmations and you know plan out the day that I want to just dedicate to myself yeah. look for that book that everyone's recommending like listen to that new artist travel I think right now my friends would would think of me as like a person that travels a lot a year and a half ago like that was a new thing like I mm -hmm. never traveled mm -hmm never traveled because I did I just worked all the time and I went to school and weekends were for my like partner or like for my family that traveling was never an option and yeah. I through TikTok actually um I met really cool people that we were like let's all meet in in like Las Vegas and I was like okay I'm about to meet up with wow. random strangers but <laughs> let's do this so I I did my little solo trip to Vegas and met with some really cool people and had a really good time. And from those people, they, they kind of also flew from different places that I was like, I want to visit your hometown. So then I think a month later, I went to um, Seattle for the first time and stayed with like my new friends. And in my world, I was the happiest, but like, outside of it my friends were like dude what the hell are you doing like that's <laughs> yeah. that's not safe that's that's are you sure you're good um but i didn't want to explain i didn't you know i i was like this is my own journey i need to be a little selfish and if it's making me happy and if i'm being safe and if i built trust around these random people that didn't have to care about me like i i'm gonna just do it like i fully trust it and yeah um ever since that time i think my little by little like my close like real life friends and family they've they've they kind of understand now you know like he's on his own healing journey like chris is mia for a week like it's probably because he's on a trip somewhere or <laughs> just wants alone time and that's not weird anymore it yeah. was weird when I was unavailable at first, but now I'm like, I'm unavailable and it's totally understandable. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, um, I I think I went on a rat. Um, <laughs> but so maybe going back to the question. So I think you resonate with healing. It sounds yeah. like, yeah. And we learned, you know, where that all stems from and Man, I can definitely resonate with everything you're saying. And I think it's a very um, select group of people who I think will truly understand like what you're actually carrying, because I think what you carry is invisible and not and 
and everyone's perception of it is different you know i think the way your parents maybe perceive your journey is different from your siblings which is different from your friends but having had a lot of fellow eldest first gens on the podcast and just kind of like my friends are also typically that too we carry a lot of things or put a lot of things on our back as we grow up from a very young age that maybe no one really notices like you right you took on your mom's happiness let's say her sadness you took on i need to learn english but for my siblings and for my family and so all of these things pile up to the point that when you're an adult going on a self um what do you call it self date <laughs> like self date yeah yeah going on a self date is an act of rebellion in in your world right like maybe to others it's like what's the big deal like no i get it i get that like doing something just for you and because it makes you happy and it's not going to benefit anyone like for you it's a big step you know because it's not something that you're used to doing as much as like maybe yeah you went out with friends before or on dates or were in a relationship like no one truly understands that the lens that you're doing it through is so different than likely what they do their things through you know does that make sense <laughs> yeah you you nailed it with that it was, yeah it's an act of rebellion um i really like that you're right mm -hmm. so i love like yeah the way that you show up online and it's so cool and i'm glad that people are understanding what you're about and what you're doing you know because it's likely that you're right i don't think people display it because maybe they think it's nothing, you know, but like for you, you're realizing, no, actually it's a lot. And I will say for me, it was like a big deal too. When I, I mean, I talk about my big rebellion moment. It was not a self, a self date. It was quitting a job, my dream job. And oh. it was super rebellious in my world because I was used to doing the right thing, the good next thing, you know? So I totally understand. Mm -hmm. But that led actually to self-love, self-care, yeah, and all that good stuff. Which is crazy, right? Because you think, like, you hear all these stories about, like, if you quit your dream job or, like, if you do things for yourself, it'll lead to, like, I don't know, like, losing yourself and, like, sadness, depression, and all these negative things. But people don't really talk about the positives, which is, like you said, it's like the whole self-love, the healing, the you know, the, the figuring yourself out for the first time ever. Um, and I think that's mm -hmm. the biggest win. Um, I think for me, like, it's so cool when I am out somewhere in like LA or whatever, and, and someone will come to me and they're like, hey, like I follow you on TikTok and like, thank you for for like motivating me like mm -hmm. to go out on by myself or to prioritize myself. And, and then I love like, I don't I don't like to just say oh thank you and then like walk away I'm like really like what you do like where did you take mm -hmm. yourself out and then they, they tell me you know like yeah. I got in the car and just drove off for 30 minutes with no destination I think that's really cool honestly um and because there's it's 30 minutes to yourself you know mm -hmm. um and they tell me those things or sometimes like in my comments on TikTok like they'll be like yeah I finally took myself out and I went on that solo trip um and you know like i i just love hearing those things um when i realized that i was doing something positive um was when i went on a solo trip to san diego and um i met with like people that followed me on tiktok and mm -hmm. there was this there was this dude that came to me and he pulled me on the side and um 
you say, hey, man, he's like, I don't want to stand in front of everyone because I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. But, like, seeing a guy, like, take care of his mental health and, and seeing, like, like, a Mexican, like, go out on self-dates, like, that, like, that motivates me to, like, take care of myself. And he's like, I'm not there yet. But I'm really happy to see that a brown a brown kid um, from from Mexico is like doing that because that's something that I want to do and then teach my kids how to do, and that like that that made me so happy because that's yeah. that's the reason why I'm doing this you know like it's I take roles like I I take like leadership roles wherever I can and I think for a long time I was such a like student like first gen like advocate for a ton of students and i still do that and being like an immigrant and like sharing my story to help other immigrants now i'm taking this new role of like mental health and like just kind of pushing other other guys to do it Mm -hmm. too and and other you know like latinos that didn't grow up learning what like taking care of yourself was and how valuable your feelings are i mean i'm sure you've heard like Latino parents saying like you know like you're not allowed to feel or like mm-hmm. things like that and you kind of grow up thinking like damn like I'm not allowed to be sad then or cry about anything because you know yeah and I I want to break that yeah so I am like a empath is what I like resonate with and what's funny is I'm 30 okay and my mom like recently was like yo no me había dado cuenta cuánto like qué emocional eres right and i was like wow and you're my mom <laughs> like yeah. but i but here's the thing like that's what i mean by everyone has a different memory of the journeys because i clearly remember when i would almost cry she'd be like ya vas a llorar babosa right like mm-hmm. there was anger behind feelings yeah and so i learned how to like cry on my own and not show that and start hiding right like many of us do and I can't even imagine likely as Mexican men right or Latino men how much stronger that message was of like you better not show emotion you know like that is not allowed in this household so I can't even imagine how much it's gonna take to dig that up and like reconnect with that part of you you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah of course and and it and it's the journey that I I don't think I ever actually want to finish it because it's been such a educational like journey and relearning and unlearning things mm-hmm. that um, definitely the digging happens and sometimes I could be on 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 a roll with like my self love my self care but then I I'll hit that wall when I did too much digging that I'm like mm-hmm. oh, crap. I I'm gonna close and then I and I do shut down for a day or two but I think now I have tools to kind of help me like you know get up again and keep Mm -hmm. going and as weird as it sounds maybe it's not even weird anymore like TikTok is there for me and it's 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 mind-blowing you know like when I people tell me I go on TikTok to like find motivation from you through your page i go on tiktok to find motivation through their page you know like <laughs> i yeah. see like and i remember people like i see people that would comment on my things that were really sad about something i'll go like stalk their page and then i see that that now they're you know on their own journey too i'm like okay you know like 
that's that's good like that's what it's about and and obviously there's a lot of positivity but i've also gotten negativity and and that's fair and mm-hmm. and and i will accept all that because you know i think we hear about how like social media isn't real like it's you know there's a lot of filters in there that you know people don't fully share and i think like it's it's something that i kind of receive sometimes too like why are you on why are you by yourself like you're such a loser like you don't have friends like go find a partner this and that and it's like thank you i'll welcome that and then you know like i i try to always just kind of answer with like i that's what i was taught too you know like that's what i was told Mm -hmm. to do but you know like here i am like doing this this and that and and i'm the happiest i've been mentally emotionally and um it's a gift that i wish i could just give everyone but everyone's journey is so different that you know yeah do you resonate with like because i think sometimes when i hear stories like yours and that you know that i feel like i I see myself in it as well i think how i see it is we like you know in a race where you take the baton and then i don't know what that kind of race is called but you take the baton and you run right right the relay race the relay race there you go (laughs) so i see it as our parents were running a race that we were like kids we weren't even a part of you know but but as soon as we got like maybe you got to america or as soon as like i became aware at five six I took the baton and I ran. I was like, I don't even know what this is, but like I saw my parents run, I gotta run too, right? Yeah. And what I think like what you're talking about, like the journey back to yourself essentially is taking back control of your life, like picking your own race, you know, like evaluating, oh shoot, like I was in a race and I didn't even realize it. I've been running like, whoa. And so it's kind of like that pause of, like, who am I in this whole picture? What do I want for myself? And like, is this something I want to continue? Like, would you, does that resonate, I guess? Yeah, you, again, you, you, I'm, I'm so happy that you can relate with me and, and actually, you know, understand what I'm saying. And that's 100% right, you know, like, going, it's going back to what I said about you're on a roll, and then you hit a wall, and you're like, what the hell am I doing? And then, you wake up and you're like, all right, gotta keep going. And that's exactly it. And I think now going with what I told you about having resignation towards my dad, like I don't, Mm. I forgave him. Like I forgave him with no questions asked because they were on their journey that I will never understand. And, and I'm okay with that. Like I will never understand why they did certain things Mm. that they had to do. Um, but what I can do is grab their baton. Is that what, is yeah, that what the it baton, is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grab it and then go, you know, just yeah. go. Cause that's, that's what life is. Sometimes I don't want to get stuck fig- trying to figure out why things failed or even mm-hmm. sometimes why things worked out. Cause it's so easy to self-sabotage. I do it all the time, but I'm yeah. trying to just like grab it and go. Like yeah. sometimes there's no questions just do it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and that was definitely how that was my like um what is it like my re like my mood or i don't know my my um purpose motiv- purpose motivation to like start this journey i was like i'm just gonna do it like mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm gonna freak out at the movies by myself like i don't know if i'm gonna freak out like sitting down at the 
restaurant by myself but i'm just gonna do, i'm just gonna go you know like mm. no no one knows me no one cares like just, just go yeah. and it's worked out like nine out of ten times so. mm -hmm. and i love how you said like you know when you do receive that negative um feedback from let's say tiktok or just other people if like the audience if you guys find yourself in the journey like you need to hold on to your why like you know why you're doing this you know what your journey looks like or looked like and so I think in those moments where you might get nervous like oh they're looking at me weird or whatever like you know why you're doing that though you know and it's not to be popular and it's not like the the reasons behind why you're being judged for example like oh you're a loner or whatever they're trying to call you like you know it goes way beyond that and it has nothing to do with that you know and so mm -hmm. I think you can double down on your why when someone is questioning you in that way, yeah. you know, or judging. Yeah. Them. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and I try to remind myself of my why, like every single day. And I think it's just so important to do that. Um, being a first gen and not having like another, a, an older person tell me these things, like it, it, it like, it sucks sometimes. Cause you know, like, I'm like, damn, I wish like, my mom understood this journey more or like my grandparents or great grandparents, but they don't. And going back to like, just kind of being okay with the past, um, then I just have to keep doing it so that I can incorporate it to my daily life where eventually when I have my own kids and my family, I can now, it would be my job to just kind of instill some of what self-love is, what, you know, motivation is and, and self-care is and yeah. just kind of leave it to them as well because not everyone's going to take your own advice or, and yeah. we don't take our own advice, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, I, I think that I'm, you know, su super thankful that you're, you're open and, and, um, I guess up for speaking about this stuff because I think that can happen sometimes in our own family units where, we really truly need this you know and then we get judged for it not in the outside like by our own family they don't understand it you know because they yeah. don't know it in the way that we're trying to know it like they don't sometimes know self-care or self-love in the way that we're trying to really access it you know and so they might judge it I mean I know like the first thing that comes to mind is always like being selfish or just being weird or like se cree mucho. I don't know there's just different ways that you might receive criticism from your family but I think also knowing your background and knowing you're the eldest and took care of everyone else when you change the character that you play in their life they might not like it right if they can't mm -hmm. rely on you a thousand percent and you're reducing that to 150 percent they're like oh like what is this i don't like this you're changing yeah. <laughs> yeah and that kind of leads to my current kind of situation where because now i'm traveling more and because now like i'm experiencing more things on my own i'll get little comments from like my mom, like, de casi ni te veo, or like, de casi, like, ya ni nos llevas a comer, or, um, like, my dad sometimes, like, he'll throw comments, like, oh, pues tu pura fiesta, or like, tu pura, like, it's like, dude, and it kind of, if you're not in the right, like, mood in that moment, it could really mess you up, and it could, and, I mean, sometimes it's, it, like, guilt trips me, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, like, 
yeah, he's right. And then I, you know, I won't buy those flight tickets anymore or like I'll like cancel whatever I had planned for myself because I'm like, well, like, I guess they're right. But then, you know, you snap out of it. Yeah. I see them like little octopus ten tentacles that are like trying to grab you in again. Like, don't leave, yeah. suck you back in, you know? So yeah, you have to kind of just take the little tentacles away. Like, no, this is not yeah. what I need in this moment. Right. And weirdly, I feel like it's kind of, um, I need to kind of rebuild like my relationship, I think, with family because... I do sometimes I do feel like they're mad at me for for choosing me and and that's probably not even the case it's just like mm. probably something new to them I mean it is something new to them so they don't know how to handle it um just kind of like how we don't know how to handle new things in our own lives um that I, I'm trying to figure out how to kind of rebuild some of that old like connect bond that we had yeah um but it's hard because you have to kind of pick your battle. Like, do I want to pick me and build me or like pick them and mm. build us? So mm. I want to do more of me than us, but it's Ooh. hard. I think that stage is one that, yeah, I, I always call it like a delicate dance because you're constantly like reevaluating what's, like you said, picking your battles and maybe just not looking at it like, it has to be the end of one or the other, but it just has to transform, you know, to the point where you feel like you have enough space to do you and still are working on building that love and trust. But I definitely think that first it might feel like separation and then it like you can glue back in, you know, but um, one one of the things or the concepts that one of the healers that kind of helped me through was just like independence versus individuation which is like a lot of first gens are good at becoming independent where they might like have a good job and maybe even get a house or, you know, like do thing, get married and all of that. But they're still part of this web at home that really defines who they are and what they do and what they stand for. And so that's where individuation comes in, where it's like separating your values, your morals, what you stand for. But it can look like betrayal or it can feel like betrayal when you're used to being glued to it you know it can look and feel like that for both parties like what's happening I feel you distant I feel like we're not close anymore but I, I mean having have traveled that road and being a couple of years into it I will say I do definitely think there is that coming back but it took that separation you know and and in that maybe trust that like your parents will also grow you know like in realizing oh Chris is changing like they will also get to look inward in a way that you're looking inward because we think sometimes they're just going to be in pain you know and they might portray just the pain but it forces them to be like oh yeah like he's his own individual and you know I want him to be happy and sometimes that separation space allows them to come to that conclusion because sometimes yeah. we think we need to get them to that conclusion and that's hard we can't like force someone you know yeah you're right so that's definitely the the phase that i'm kind of in right now but mm. um it's it's a long stretch and we're learning along the ways and i think um i'm trying like as as much as i talked about like being kind of very close to my family and leading my family 
the feelings part it they it's just not I can't do it it's really hard and because I mean for 20 plus years like I was solving their feelings that I, I just can't it's it's so weird still even like I don't know I, right now I'm pretty I'm, I'm happy right now but I think about when I'm like sad I I can't tell them like it, I'm just like no it's just ah uh, it's it's a journey <laughs> yeah Ooh, super super interesting well I yeah. I think like from the outside looking in it definitely feels like you're on your way to that you know and I think like yeah. you're building yourself back up and that's like a huge part to then be able to come back and stand your ground when it comes to the big emotional interactions yeah. and all of that stuff so I think my next question for you is there's kind of like this mystery that I like sense <laughs> as much as you share. And I love it. I'm like, man, he is so good at like displaying like the way that you storytell, you know, without actually saying too much. Like, I feel like when I post content, I feel like I have to talk and it's three minutes of me talking and you in 60 seconds tell a story. And I'm like, wow, like, how does he do that? But at the same yeah. time, there's like this mystery. So would love to know a little bit about like maybe what you currently do so i i work in news uh i have a degree in broadcast journalism and um mm -hmm. i think like we are taught to not share too much of our personal life on social media because even though like as students we're not professionals or public figures yet at least um people in our career field, they will dig like who we were mm. in in college, who we were like in high school. And so now I feel like because I was instilled in me when I was a lot younger, I kind of just do that. Like I don't, I was taught to not be the story, but to tell the story as a journalist. So it's a battle because it's like, I'm telling my story on TikTok, but in reality, like, I want this to be for other people. Like this is another, mm -hmm. this is a story for, for you. Um, and then, and I think it's just part of like my career, part of hiding my identity as a little kid. Like I'm still working on me being the spotlight, but I, I'm not there yet, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but like, yeah, like there's, there's mystery because people have told me like, yeah, like we you post what you do, but like what the hell, like you know, there's more. Um, <laughs> and then I just I think I just protect like my like family a lot, and like you know I I don't know like certain little things about me because in my career like there's so much that is already being shared that those little moments I rather just keep to myself sometimes and just mm -hmm. like never post about it or never talk about it um which which was why and weird connection th that's why I started sharing my feelings on TikTok because a year and a half ago two years ago TikTok in my industry wasn't a thing you know like mm. I was all over Twitter like I had to use Twitter for work I had to use Twitter for I mean I had to use Instagram for work Facebook all that but TikTok like no none of my colleagues followed me on TikTok because that was not a thing so that's where I could finally like curse and and like 
be me and and show what I eat, show what I do, like all of that, I was able to do it on TikTok. Um, which now like everyone's on TikTok and I work in social media um for my job. So yeah. all of my coworkers follow me now on on TikTok and all that. So it's it changed a little bit. But um I think because I want to be remain as like kind of professional in a way as possible still. I don't overshare, I guess. So I'm thinking more of like just my my career, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's so that's I don't know if that answered your question, but I think that's really why like there's mystery. Yeah. Um yeah. No, I love that. I mean, I think one key thing that you said is like it's not about me, it's about like or it's not about me, it's about the viewer in a way. And it's not about yeah. my story, about it's about the story. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. man, I think like that's probably what keeps us coming too, you know, like not knowing everything and still getting and feeling like we're following along everything that you do so super cool i mean now knowing that and knowing that your background is in that i'm like dang so it's like an art you know like you're actually it's like what you're actually doing is 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 working in a way so that's super cool so now the next section is on resources for people that maybe are following along and i'm like yep i resonate i i totally am following his story i would love for them to leave with some resources that you use and that they can take on so the first question is, what is your favorite healing or mindful tool that you've learned to incorporate? So whenever I'm I'm feeling like I'm in a ditch or, you know, like I just can't keep going, I go on these, I go on my little set dates where I'll get in my car, play my favorite song, my favorite music, drive 10 minutes. I live about 15 minutes from the beach. I'll drive down mm-hmm. the, the beach, the cliff. And I just sit there, you know, go on airplane mode. No one can bother me. I just sit there, watch the waves and and just think about my day. Think about, you know, how I could change whatever I'm feeling if it's possible. And and then, like, you know, start reading. I, I carry a book almost everywhere I go. Um, some, like, self-help books and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll do that. I'll read, like, a chapter. And then I'll just, like, come back home and... I don't leave my car until I feel better than I was feeling before I got in the car. And then sometimes like I'm not ready yet and I'll sit in my car for another 10 minutes. And then once I'm like, all right, cool, I'm fine. Um, Then I get off and then I continue with my day. So that's kind of my number one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you included many, I think, tips within it as well. So yeah. Awesome. What is a habit that you do for yourself every day? I actually, so um, in my bathroom mirror, I have a post-it um, that says, you are enough. Um, so in the morning as I'm, you know, getting ready or whatever, um, I look at it and I read it. And at first I thought it was silly, but honestly, like we go to the bathroom multiple times a day. So like just seeing that multiple times a day, like it kind of sticks to you. And you're like, dang, like, you know, I'm at work. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll, I'll see it. I'm enough. All right. You know, like I'm meant to be here. And and it's it's something that I, I really, it's become a habit for sure. Um, Whenever I'm traveling, I, I still take my little post-its and I either keep it in my bag and then I'll just like read some of those affirmations or I th- I've shared it with a few friends too. And then like we'll post 
an affirmation on their bathroom and um oh. it's nice when i come back and it's still there i'm like yeah it's, i'm glad it's working for you too oh mm -hmm. look at you <laughs> making yeah. ripples of change everywhere how yeah. beautiful okay yeah. what is a favorite song to listen to when you need to feel inspired <laughs> So I love Bad Bunny. <laughs> Everyone knows that I love Bad Bunny. Um, yes. he's not all he's not all about perreo. There's a song that I love, and it's called Antes que se acabe, and um, that song really, really helped me get through it, and it still does all the time, because I love this um lyric that says like, it stops like the 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 music stops, and then he's like. Pero hoy salió el sol y hoy me siento mejor. Lo malo pasó y el tiempo es mi doctor. La vida es una movie y yo soy, un, y yo soy el director. And I'll even saying it right now that just like, it, it pumps me up because like, you know, I think about when it was so dark um, and when I'm in the car or I'm walking or I'm listening to that song, like I'm alive and I'm like looking out and and soul is a metaphor, I think. And it's more like, you know, and there's so many times when like we feel so alone, you know, that um, that freaking song always gets me. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I yeah. love it. Are you a lyrics person? Because I'm a lyrics person. I'm a lyrics person. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can just imagine. Oh my God. You can just imagine me like bawling my eyes out at his concert when he's singing that song. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like when you pay attention to the lyrics, it, it, it can change you in so many ways. So it's like music hits different, I think, when you look, because <laughs> you're the first person to like uh, quote the lyrics from the song. I'm like, ooh, my people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's different. It's different than me like, oh, I like this song. Like, yes, that too. But like when there's these like bars yeah. in there that like hit, oh, yeah, it's yeah. different. All right. What is a favorite quote or advice that you refer back to or that you like to just read for inspiration? To always remember that your day one is someone else's day 100. And that really hit me because it's so easy to compare yourself to someone else's journey. And, you know, when you start a new job, like you're the new guy, you compare yourself to like the top, the top dog at work. Like, you start, I don't know, a cooking journey and you compare your cake to someone else's like three tier cake. Like, but that's your day one, you know, they've done it a hundred different times. Yeah. So whenever I'm struggling and I'm new to something, that's exactly what I think about. My day one is someone else's day 100. What is an influencer that you follow that leaves you positively inspired? There's this influencer named Louis Castro. So I've, I've been very lucky to kind of see him around LA. Um, mm. But there's a part of me that I hide a lot. And it's like more of like me and um, like sexual orientation and all of that, that I think Louis does so much for like, who he is as a as a person a family and and he shows like his flamboyance on on like social media that it's yeah. so like it's so motivating to just like be the baddest perra like he says <laughs> um 
And I think he's, you know, just someone that I follow because I it's always a guaranteed, like, good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, I, I know for a fact that if I go on his TikTok right now, there's some really good content that will just cheer me up. I, I was watching a, I think it's called a compilation, like where they put like videos, video clips of him from the beginning, you yeah. know, and like his evolution. I'm like, wow, yeah. so cool that he went through probably so much BS too, you know, being himself and showing up. But you can tell like he was determined to be himself from the beginning. And that's so, yeah. so inspiring. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I, and I know exactly what video you're talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. And then lastly, for the resources, is a feel-good or powerful book or movie? Um, A book that really helped me and continues to help me is You Are a Badass. Um, It's a big yellow book that you can find at Target or basically in the bookstore. Um, But it, it has templates and examples of when people felt their lowest and what they did to kind of come back alive and I think um just even the title by looking at it it's always something that just shocks to my face like that I am a badass and um I think my journey overall has been a lot of like self-doubt and like you know like not having self-love so Mm. just even reading the title um this one question was suggested by one of the listeners which is what is your superpower honestly like I I would say I know how to be invisible, but in a way of like reading the room and understanding that sometimes like the situation is not about you, like disappear for a little bit and and let that person feel what they're feeling. You know, it could be a happy feeling, it could be a sad feeling, but um sometimes like you don't have to fix things. You just have to hear that person. Um and I think people, my friends come to me because they know that I know how to be like invisible and just like let them feel. So mm. that's my superpower. That's even like advice for first gens because we are fixers. We think we have to fix every problem that comes our way. So that's awesome mm-hmm. advice too. Yeah. Okay, last section. This is the fun question. So it's like, a, I don't know, rapid fire. Salsa verde or roja? Verde, always. Orchata or Jamaica? Orchata. Bad Bunny or Daddy Yankee? Bad Bunny. Because <laughs> you're, I think like the younger people like Bad Bunny, no questions asked. But those of us that are like, you know, in our almost like 30s, it's like, oh, but Daddy Yankee. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But I can't. There's um... no loyalty to him no more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Concha de vainilla or chocolate? Vanilla. Okay. And we're pulling up to your favorite taco place. What is your order? Son dos del pastor, dos de asada, con todo chile, I mean, salsa verde. Y, um, yeah. Y eso es todo. All right. Beautiful. Well, Chris, thank you so, 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 so much for your time, for what you shared, and for, for what you're doing. I mean, I think what stuck to me the most from our conversation is that person that pulled you aside and what what he said. And it's like a representation of what you're doing, you know, and and the impact you're having. So 
thank you so much for that. And um, maybe if you can just say one more time where people can find you and any last thing you'd like to say before we close out. Yeah, um, last words. Honestly, guys, like it's tough out there. You know, you're going to have a lot of doubts every single day and a lot of accomplishments every single day, but it's all in your head. So block those voices, get out there, take yourself on a self date, stay in your car, stay in your room, like just separate yourself from the world for even a minute and it will make a big difference. Um, so that's my advice. And you guys can find me everywhere on Instagram, on TikTok. It's Chris, period, Farias, F-A-R-I-A-S. Um, and send me a message and just tell me about your journey because I love hearing about everyone's journeys. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your amigas, your amigos, your amigas. And remember, First Gen, I love you, I love me, and I can't wait for you to love yourself.